everybody. Welcome to the First Pres Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast channel or our YouTube channel for the latest Sunday messages. We're so glad that you're listening, and we are praying that the following message inspires you to take your next steps towards Jesus. And good morning. The encouragement I am getting by just watching you all come in and being here in person is just amazing. And so I just want to share that and also acknowledge that the vast majority of us are still online. And so for those of you tuning in right now, all the hearts in this room, we're together, we're united in the love of Christ and the union with the Holy Spirit. And so I'm so thankful to be here. We're, we're walking through the beautiful story. And today we are celebrating the ascension of Christ, the, the moment where Jesus returns to sit at the right hand of the Father and the simultaneous coming down of the Holy Spirit to indwell the hearts of all believers. It's a special moment in history of the beautiful story and it launches God's people out into mission. Our text is Acts chapter 1. The first 11 verses. And as you turn there or tap there, let's open our hearts to God in prayer. Father God, we are awestruck and in celebration of the ascension of the Son. And by the forever and universe creating power of the Spirit, Give us this day an unstoppable and ever-fueling resolution to purely witness your salvation at all times. For your name's sake, for the building of your kingdom, for the eternal rescue of your children, our brothers and sisters, for the satisfaction of your heart's desire, Father God, as you've laid it out to us in the Great Commission So now, Lord, by your grace and for your mission, disturb us to action once again to witness your light and your life to those around us. In Christ's name, amen. Hear the word of the Lord. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day that he was taken up into heaven. And after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles, he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait Wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Jesus has something better for them. He said, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky 
as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back. In the same way you have seen him go into heaven. This, brothers and sisters, is the word of the Lord. And we're thankful for it. Amen. Our text ends with this pretty funny image, actually. I mean, imagine yourself as one of those men of Galilee standing, staring, maybe drooling. And then you start looking around at each other and you start asking yourself and each other, did you, did you see that? Did Jesus who was just eating with us, a bodily resurrection, remember, has now ascended to the right hand of the Father. Jesus, come back. Are you sure this is the way you want to do this? I, I think you should be down here. The ascension of Christ. It, it's this moment in history that just leaves everybody just scratching their head going, I thought we were headed in this Direction. For the disciples, it was the full restoration of the kingdom of Israel. We, we come into faith and we're so uh, default into, okay, now I want my way. I've been saved and now I'm going to use the power of God to do my thing. And then God in the exact same breath says, I have something better. I'm going to empower you to be my witnesses to the end of the earth. So it's these moments of surprise that are tying together the beautiful story we're walking through. So we started right with creation, with the earth, and then the creation of humanity made in the image and likeness of God, given eternal, intrinsic dignity and worth. And then the fall, things just fell apart. But from that moment, the promise of full restoration The prophets proclaiming there will be a Messiah, there will be a Messiah. And then a couple weeks ago, the Messiah has come. He's walked among us. He's lived purely as the representative of heaven. God himself in flesh. And then the day that humanity crucified God on a cross. His death, burial, and then last week, the resurrection. Today, the moment of the beautiful story is the ascension of Christ, the return of the Son to the Father and to the Spirit and the resulting empowering of God's people to live on mission each and every day. There is a, 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 there's such weight in the theology of the ascension that I want us to grasp today because it is what launches us on mission each and every day of our lives. And I'll spend just a moment to set the the tension of this message because it's not comfortable. In fact, I don't really want to share it with you, me, my flesh, but it's in God's word. And we have to understand the implications of being God's ambassadors. The implication is this. The mandate upon our lives, we're talking about increasing the number of people when we say people, we're talking about friends, the people around us, neighbors, coworkers, family members that will witness the grace of God through the way that we live our lives. To be caught up in eternity with us in the very near presence of God. It is weighty to think about, and that's why the Apostle Paul says in the scriptures, who is sufficient for such things? And we all can say, no one on their own. But... 
If it's true, if the story is true, if Jesus' words were true, that when he, it was better for him to return to the Father, which is what he says in John 16, 7, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. In our text this morning, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So Jesus is saying very clearly, it's better that I go because I'm going to send you the advocate who will empower you to walk each and every day of your life as a living witness to the resurrection. There's three implications of the ascension of Christ that ought to to grab our hearts and thrust them into this daily moment by moment living of saying, God, today, today, as I leave this place and go to lunch, I want to be your witness. I want the fruit of your spirit to be bubbling up out of me each and every time I draw breath. Three implications. First is that the mission of God is guaranteed by the ascension of Christ. Implication number two, that it's a mandate. And implication number three, that it is empowered. God's mission is guaranteed, it is mandated, and it is empowered. Implication number one, it's guaranteed. Well, what is God's mission? God's mission is the fulfillment of God's covenant with Abram. I'm going to walk through a couple of passages linking the beautiful story together, showing that God's mission started not with the life of Christ, but thousands of years prior. He comes to Abram and he says, in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And here's what I want to say about that. When God wills something to happen, it will happen. He's the creator of the universe. He's omnipotent. And he has stated from the beginning, I will reach the peoples of the earth. Humanity falls, and at that very moment, God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rescue. I have a rescue plan. Isaiah 9, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned. Christ comes in John 3, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. We see the fulfillment of all the prophecies that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And jumping back to Isaiah 60, arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. When God wills something to happen, it will happen. Listen to Isaiah 55. As the rain and snow come down from heaven and will not return to it without first watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. Okay, just like that. So is my word that goes out from my mouth it will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish that which I desire and achieve the purpose for which I have sent it. And so God's salvation is breaking into Colorado Springs and it will continue to break into Colorado Springs. And we can all say, amen, hallelujah. May it continue, Lord Jesus. I wanna show you a map to, to land this a little bit. This map, I like maps. This map is roughly, right, you see Colorado and Israel is precisely, if you were to zoom in on this map, I actually set the precise dots, the pins, on First Presbyterian Church. And the other pin on the temple in Jerusalem. And here's what I found out. 
we are not only over 2,000 years removed from Jesus' earthly ministry, over 2,000 years, we're also 6,924 miles from the temple, the place that represented and functioned as the access to God, as the, as the permeating presence of God into the earth. Think about that. Think about how removed we are from that. We're 2,000 years removed. We're over 6,924 miles removed. And yet here I am proclaiming. Here you are receiving, and as you go out, then you become proclaimers of God's word to the people of Colorado Springs. God's mission is continuing, and it won't be stopped. God's mission is guaranteed, and that's why in John 2, Jesus says, tear down the temple Tear down the temple in Jerusalem. And in three days, I will raise it, me up, because I am the access to the Father. So that the peoples of the earth will be blessed. It's it's an amazing time to be alive for the mission of God. And if you follow Wycliffe Bible translators, you know this full well. Following the commission of our Lord, the church has been striving to, to reach the ends of the earth for so long for over 2,000 years, and and watch how close we are. Colorado's own Paul Edwards, I don't know if he's here, Paul Edwards states, we're in the greatest period of acceleration in 20 centuries of Bible translation. Think about that. We have been trying to get the word out for 20 centuries, and this, we find ourselves in the greatest season of acceleration, primarily the advent of digital technologies, the internet. We can accelerate Bible translations, this sort of thing. Paul is the executive director for Wycliffe Last Languages Campaign. Last Languages Campaign. It's a 10-year, $1 billion campaign to fund the remaining translations of the Bible. And from Wycliffe's own annual report last year, we find we are working to ensure that every person on earth will have access to Scripture in a language and form they can clearly understand. We rejoice that Bible translation work is in progress already, in more than 2,600 languages in 161 countries around the world. Our vision, and this is from their annual report just last year, our vision is to see a Bible translation program in progress in every language, still needing one, by 2025. Folks, that's five years away. Wow! We have been at this for over 2,000 years and Wycliffe is saying they're five years away from having a group of dedicated children of God working on the final translations of scripture for all the peoples of the earth. It's amazing. Amen. We're living in a really exciting time and God's mission is guaranteed. It's guaranteed. I don't lose sleep over God's mission being accomplished. And I mean that in a long-term, global perspective. The concern of my heart that I bring to you this morning is this. I'm concerned that we miss the opportunity to bring those around us into God's fold through our lives laid down in service to God. Are you following me? God's mission on a global perspective, totally secure. And yet there is this royalty that God 
bestows upon all of his people saying, I am bringing you into the divine nature. I am calling you to be my witness and I am mandating that you go into all the earth and spread the good news. And that's the weight. And we fall under that weight unless we understand the grace of God and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. First, let me talk about the second implication that God's mission is mandated. This is the easier of the three because it's very clear in scripture. Matthew 28, then Jesus came to them and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always even to the very end of the age. In Paul's words in 2 Corinthians 5, we, you and I, we become Christ ambassadors as though God is making his appeal to the peoples of the earth through the body of Christ. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. From our text this morning, Acts 1-8, but you will receive power. There's no question about it. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses prayerfully good witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The clarity of Christ's commission and mandate and desire leaves little room for creativity. If we're honest with the scriptures, it compels us into a life of mission, each and every one of us. Each and every one of us. So implication number two, Christ's mission, God's mission is mandated. So I think to myself, how am I doing at this? How are we doing at this? I think every congregation through all of the church history can always affirm, I can keep growing. I can keep growing. I can, I can keep asking the Lord to, sh- to, to pour out his grace on my life so that as I wake up each and every morning, I desire, I desire to live for God. Implication number three, God's mission is empowered. This is, this is the big idea I want you to walk away with today. God empowers you. God empowers you to witness his salvation everywhere around you. You see, when God grabs hold of our hearts, he lays claim to the entirety of who we are. And so that he says, there's not an inch of you that, that I do not say mine. And when we understand the beauty of that, we say, praise you, Lord Christ because I was lost in darkness, but now I have been found by your lights, your life, your beauty. In verse four of our text, we find, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Wait, the theology of waiting on the Lord. Ephesians 6.10 knocked me to my feet a couple of years ago. I was reading through this. This is the preamble to the armor of God section at the very end of Ephesians. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in whose mighty power? His mighty power. I was running around killing myself, trying to live out of my own strength. And if that's you this morning, I proclaim life and freedom and grace. We're not called to do that. We're called to live out of the strength of of the Lord. So unless we wait upon the Lord, unless we say, God, I'm not taking a step until I receive your peace, your strength, your grace, 
Not only may our witness be compromised, but actually and tragically, our witness can actually damage the body of Christ. And I I really feel compelled to say that because we need to understand the weight, the nobility, the royalty with which the life that we have been called into. And I read an article just this week. Family, it was heartbreaking. It was of a Christian leader who has decades of ministry behind him with news surfacing of severe moral failure. We are witnesses. Our life is not our own. We've been bought with a great price. Some of you will remember Brennan Manning's words to this. He says, the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, then walk out the door only to deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. And my prayer for this house is it would not be so here. We are a people of God that come together, that are brought together by the grace of God. Are we perfect? No way. But are we together? Are we wise? Are we passionate about the Lord growing the fruit of the Spirit in our hearts? Yes, we are. Are we getting together in community, keeping one another accountable? Yes, we are. And we don't do it just for our own sake. We do it for the witness that we are to the grace and the love of God. Acts is a continuation of the gospel according to Luke. And so at the very end of Luke, which becomes the beginning of Acts chapter one, we find these words from Christ. He says, I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay Theology of waiting. Stay here until you have been clothed with power from on high. What a beautiful statement. Jesus says, I'm going to clothe my people with power from on high. What does our week look like? Being clothed with the power from on high. How do we treat our neighbor, our friend, our family member, our coworker, one another? We're clothed with the very power from heaven to live out the kingdom life now. Not perfectly, but grace-filledly and passionately desiring to grow in the likeness of Christ. I want to share with you one of the greatest verses, I think, for the mission of God going out into the earth. It's another uh, words of Christ when he says, I have other sheep, John 10, 16, that are not of this sheep pen. Jesus says, I must. What kind of weight is behind the king of the universe saying, I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. There will be one flock and one shepherd. And we are today empowered. We're celebrating Pentecost in October. It's the ascension of Christ, the coming of the Holy Spirit. We are empowered to walk out the mission of God right here in Colorado Springs. My wife and I were visited by some family friends a couple of months ago, and they were saying goodbye. It's odd to be in your 30s and to have a couple in their 30s come to you and say, we're saying goodbye. We might see each other again. We pray we will, but we're saying goodbye. We're moving. We're moving overseas with our family, with children, for one purpose. We've learned of a community that has no church, They have no Bible. They have no Bible in their language. So God has put a dream into our hearts and we're gonna go. 
Because as much as I love my life, I can't bear the thought of these people not hearing the gospel. So we're sitting in our living room praying together that God works through them to plant a worshiping community on the other side of the earth. They're committed to do it for their whole life. So I got to thinking, what is that, how, does that trans, how does God's mission translate to Colorado Springs? Two differences. We already have God's word. Praise God. Praise God. We also already have church buildings, worshiping communities, congregations. Praise God. There is a commonality, though, with this culture that our friends are moving to. And that commonality is that there are those in our midst today, people we interact with on a daily basis, who do not know the love of God. They need a witness. They need you to go, to declare the praises of God. We can have the same mindset of this couple moving and saying, we are on mission right here. We've been on mission for 150 years as a church of saying the Lord reigns and he is kind and he extends his salvation to all who put their faith in him. We're people on mission. We're people of witness. Our story ended, you remember the passage, men of Galilee, why are you standing around? Go, go. Proclaim the good news. May it be so for us. Imagine even right now, what does your life start? How, in what ways do you continue to grow in this? Like that's the question. To hear it is one thing, but to have your life change is another. For you to leave from this place and say, you know what? I think I am going to take some ice cream to my neighbors. I think I am going to extend a little extra patience in this area of my life. It's the little actions. It's the little things that starts to build up over time until you have that conversation that you've been down on your knees praying with for decades. Lord, save that person. I pray that every person in this room and watching online, that the Holy Spirit would imprint names, people, faces upon your heart. So you can say, I want to live that that person receives Christ. 1 Peter 2.9 says, you, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. One of our values at First Pres is to share good news. Do all it takes, all it takes to reach the lost for Christ those who do not know? Do the people around you know? Let's pray. Jesus, we celebrate that your mission to seek and to save the lost is guaranteed. It's mandated. It's empowered. We're not alone, but you come to us and you fill us with your Holy Spirit. Tear out from our hearts anything that is getting in the way of your beauty being displayed in its full radiance to the people of this city. May the lost be found by the purity and the courage of your bride, the church. Father, you tell us in Isaiah that beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So Lord, I ask 
that all the feet in this room, all the feet of those watching online, worshiping together now, would be stunningly beautiful for the cause of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Colorado Springs area, we would love to meet you on a Sunday morning. To plan your visit, head to our website at firstprezcos.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-C-O-S dot org.